Well, one of the testimonies, first and foremost, about Africa for us is that we made it there and back alive and sickness-free in the name of Jesus. <laughs> on some of the other trips that we've been on, there's been quite a few physical uh, mountains to climb, literally, uh, <laughs> whether it be with sickness or your thighs about to fall off because you're climbing Machu Picchu and every other mountain in uh, Peru. But I can definitely say this trip by far out of all my other international experiences has been one of the, the easiest uh, in comparison. Easiest physically and easiest, more importantly, spiritually. The overall climate and atmosphere in the heavenly realms in Kenya, it's, it's gentle, it's easy, it's light. There's nothing heavy or oppressive other than probably the direct area that we stayed in Nairobi and had our hotel room. Once you venture outside of that, your, your guard is much, uh, much lessened by the atmosphere. So as we begin to go through these, these pictures and really mile markers and highlights of what God has done, the intent of what myself and Cassidy and Valerie look to share with you guys is how our experience uh, impacted us. What did Jesus do through this trip to impact our hearts and our minds? I can say first and foremost, for me personally, the more priority, or number one it was, the value of my bride. So it was one that I was never expecting. <laughs> it makes her smile. A lot, I mean, Sunday and service after service, you guys see how uh, I'm at the forefront leading worship or involved in counseling or whatever else it is. It's my wife who's the better half of me who's in the background taking care of the logistics that enable me to be a father and to be a husband and to be in ministry. She's the, the, the wheel behind the scenes of the clock. So I can say first and foremost that this trip impacted me with the value and the precious nature that my wife is to me. Amen, amen. amen. So we'll go to the first slide. Now, we'll just begin to talk through this and have these other guys share testimony as we go through as well. This is the word Kenya. Below is 2014. So here we were gathered in, in the meeting hall here, and I can say that you have I, I had the pregame jitters. I'm wondering just what to expect. I know it's going to be great, but this was during our homeschool uh, uh, normal day, and what a perfect time that we all met here, joined hands in prayer, and everyone did a wonderful job of blessing us and sending us off. Uh, this is Eric and Valerie. These guys are worth their weight, if not more, in gold. I can say I, I really enjoyed and going with these guys. They were a treasure. They're an asset. And they never complained not one time. They ate every meal that was before them. They greeted everyone with a smile. They got up every morning and also sat at the table at 6 to 9 at night, uh, fighting off sleep with everything they had, but still stayed in position to minister to the people that God had put us around. I don't know who these people are. They were strangers in the airport. And we just gave them some money and they left. So most of you guys know that about a year ago, a year and a half ago, the Nairobi airport caught on fire. Oh, there's a big political stink about it, how it was supposedly uh, uh, done on purpose by the president of the country to generate more funds to build additions to the airport. So that was kind of the, the stink that was going on literally as we went. But all flights arriving and departing, you have to walk on the tarmac to get on and off. 
So we have some pictures uh, maybe later on or, or personally to see the enormity of a 747-400 plane from the ground level is a beautiful sight. It's huge. At the same time, it is dauntingly fearful. You're thinking, wow, this huge thing is able to get off the ground. Well, yeah, it's kind of how I got here in the first place. But it's just one of those experiences that you normally don't have in an international experience. So this is our brother Danson. Danson is a mighty man of God that I think it was at last year or the year before that you first met him. Uh, the, first trip. the first trip two years ago by happenstance, I believe, uh, Danson gave you a ride from the airport to the hotel. Now this is like anything, any other Indiana Jones kind of movie that you see, you walk out of an airport and you have about 200 people standing in front of you holding up signs or beckoning your attention for a taxi ride. And out of that multitude, God chose this one man to attach our hearts to. He is fantastic. Uh, you know, whenever you look in someone's eyes, you can tell within the first couple of seconds if the spirit of God dwells within them or if it doesn't. When I looked in this guy's eyes, I saw joy, I saw life, and I saw the presence of the living God. And I knew he was sincere. So it was an absolute treasure to spend maybe, you know, 30, 45 minutes of a car ride with him. And I think we have a clip of him giving us part of his testimony. Being brought up in a Christian family and doing, going to church, serving him there, I thought maybe that was enough. Later on, the power of God came unto me and said, just like being called the mass, you have to be born again. Yes, yes. And as Nicodemus accepted, mm -hmm. I had no question to question it. So I accepted uh, Christ as my Savior. And from that time, I've seen him. Amen. As John said, he has seen him and felt him. Yes. So he is a good God. <laughs> yeah. I have no regret. I thank him for even... But as he began to give his, give his testimony in that moment, you can kind of see from the side angle his mannerisms, but more importantly, his demeanor and the presence about him reflected the image of the living God. One tidbit he shared with us later on in a car ride, he said, you know, we oftentimes think that our problems need to be very small. He said, but actually I begin to learn as I study God's word that God gives us big problems because it's a larger target for our prayers. He said, if God would have given David a very small person to throw that rock at, it's a higher probability that rock wouldn't hit. But what God did is that he gave him a large target, so he was surely going to hit the giant with that rock. So just that one little tidbit like that, it fed our souls. And, you know, we weren't discouraged or anything, but it's just an encouragement and emboldenment that we're on the right track. We're connected with the right people doing the right kind of work. So this is just a, a skyline view. And, uh, you know, for those of you who kind of rocked it out in the 80s, remember that song that had a lyric, uh, the rains down in Africa? We captured it right here. My wife did a good job. Now, I don't think you can see in the, oh, wait, I don't think you can see in the distance here, but this part of Africa, and probably a good part of it is, it's littered with acacia trees. And it's a typical African safari tree that's flat-topped, and they're beautiful. They're all over the place. So next slide. Uh, here we go. So this is leaving out of Nairobi. And what you see here in the top left 
is the wonderful crew that is sitting in the very back of the bus. Now, those of you who want to be cool in school, you sat in the back of the bus. It is not cool to sit in the back of the bus driving from Nairobi into Kissy. Uh, yeah, you may need helmet protection and a realignment by a chiropractor when you get back home. Hey, go ahead, go ahead. You have a microphone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to say um, the Lord blessed me in little ways because <clears throat> we don't have a shot. But when we were getting on the plane, Eric and Matt, the first plane out of Houston, Eric and Matt were walking ahead of us. And it was Valerie and I. And it was right where the little thing connects to the plane. And you got to, you know, you step over that little threshold and you're in the plane. And I'm standing there and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to hyperventilate. I'm getting on an international flight. Like I was really, really scared at that moment. And Valerie's right next to me. And she's just, she is like the woman of adventure. She's so full, <laughs> full of courage. And it was just awesome. She had so much joy. And she's like, here we go. You know, she's all excited. And I was like, don't freak out. Don't freak out and embarrass your husband. So I got on, knees trembling and all that. And the Lord was with me every step of the way. But one of the ways is you see in the bottom picture there, I'm sitting next to the window. And that, to me, is a huge testimony because if I have to ride in the back of a bus and I don't have air, I'm going to throw up. So <laughs> the Lord totally took care of me just in little ways like that. His hand was with me, and I got to ride with the air blowing in my face the entire time until we got to the where the rain was coming down, and it got super cold. I mean, it was like 80 degrees there, and then when the rain comes, it gets in the 50s. It was freezing, so we had to, we had to close it, but it was good. So that was just a... You can see I'm very relaxed there. <laughs> this is some serious jet lag happening right about now. So there, uh, this is called Naima Choma in a town called Noruk. Naima Choma is barbecued meat of any kind of variety, typically goat, cow, or if you unmistakably didn't notice the difference, donkey, depending on what town that you went to. I really didn't care because it tasted pretty darn good. So they sold it in, in little uh, sandwich bags like this, and uh, we split it between the two and thoroughly used our pants legs to wipe off all the grease. Had nothing else to do it with. So this, my friends, is called Naima Choma. It is the gift of God given to mankind after the fall. Found here in Norok, Kenya, East Africa. <laughs> How's it taste, fella? Good. Yeah? Eat some ketchup. Okay. No, 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 I like meat wings. <laughs> Little Tony's wouldn't be bad. That's true. <laughs> oh, what's underneath? Tastes good? Sweet. Ah, nice. Very sweet. So that's Naimachoma. Now, the next couple of mornings, we tried to attach our hearts to the, the people when we sped it up here, and we're now at Opingo's uh, compound, and these are his cows, and where they, they keep their cows. And every morning, Lillian, who you see seated there in a pink shirt, gets up, milks the cows. This is fundamental to the beginning of every day because we use it to make chai tea. In the name of Jesus, that is awesome stuff. So I, I, I re requested that my wife be taught how to milk a cow. Utter Sav? Utter Sav? 
What? What? Makes them softer. Huh. Yeah. So also here in the morning, we have the, 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 the children, uh, beautiful, wonderful uh, guys and girls. To the left, they're heating up water, and that is a, a treat. That's a specialty for all of us to take baths that morning, that morning or basically a shower by cup uh, so we can get ready and go to church. So that's the outhouse behind them, the silver shed. And one side is the rest, restroom, and the other side is the shower. Uh, the heart of why we went to Africa is right here. Uh, top left-hand side in the center, that's Duke with his hands on the side. This little guy is full of confidence. He's full of power. He's going to do mighty things for the Lord, many mighty things. Uh, to his uh, or to our left of him is Fujing, and to the right is Duke the Younger. Uh, bottom center is Polkab. He's, he's restraining himself with everything he has <laughs> to show his smile. Aww. Now, this is one thing about the Kenyan culture that we, we had to learn is that they would be smiling and laughing and playing. The minute you go to take a photograph, it becomes like the still pictures of back in the 1800s. There is no expression whatsoever. I kept telling them, show me teeth. And they go, huh? No, no, no. Smile, smile. And then up the right-hand side is Mary and Rose, sweet and precious, precious girls. Love to get to know them. Uh, To the right is Sandra. This little girl is a firecracker. Let me tell you, I didn't have to know how to speak their native language, but I know sassy when I hear it. I got four girls at home. This little girl has got a boldness and a confidence that she could tell how the, you know, the cow eat the cabbage when it comes to preaching the gospel. She's got it inside of her. So that, so Sandra reminds me of Sydney. If y'all know Sydney. (laughs) And then at the bottom is Diana. And that one reminds, she reminds me of Natalie. She's very quiet and she's like a, um, a deep ocean is how I think of her. She's precious, beautiful. If I could have put her in my suitcase, I would have. I think she's, uh, Diana is the second to last one to be added to the number of 15 orphans that are on the compound with a ping on his family. And in comparison, her heart and her spirit and demeanor is getting much softer, much gentler. And exactly what Isaiah 61 speaks comes to bind the wounds of the brokenhearted. And that's a, that right there is worth visiting and putting your eyes on and be able to give her a hug and encourage her. When, uh, when Eric went the first time, I think she had only been there a couple of weeks or maybe a month. And um, you can tell the difference. I can tell the difference looking at the pictures of her then and how she was when we went. Um, when she first came, she got in line, you know, doing singing the songs and going to church and doing everything because that's what they do there. But when we went this time, she truly loves Jesus, and she's truly she truly feels at home there. She's a part of the family. Um, she's she's amazing. Now the the top left hand side in the center that's Fuji, and I would like Valerie to share a little bit because her heart really attached to Fuji. Ah, uh, Fuji is a sweetheart. Um, from what I understand, he saw both his mom and his dad uh, get killed, and. He's got a mental delay of some sort. I don't know if it just re- it resembles autism. He's just precious, just a precious soul. Um, I deal with kids at work that are very similar in nature, and I just gravitated 
to Fujing. He just a sweetheart. You just want to go up there. You just want to give him a hug. And you know that Jesus has got a special place, you know, for him. I'm quiet, you know. I, uh, there was one, I don't know if we've got a picture of him, but he went to walk uh, the cow. But the cow more like took him for a ride. I mean, it was like on your mark, set, go. The cow ran, you know, and then here's Fujing holding on to the rope. And then there went the slack. Boom! And it was like Fujing was, you know, <laughs> there went the cow, there went Fujing. We're sitting in the kitchen watching the whole thing. It was, it was, it was so precious. I, I love him. Um, I'm surprised I'm not crying right now. This is the strength of the Lord because he is so precious. He's, I love him. I love him. <laughs> so next slide. Some more pictures is Paulette in the center, Duke the Younger to the left, and Cynthia on the right-hand side. It's another little firecracker as well. (laughs) (laughs) So Sunday morning, you see us walking up to the church, literally up the the side of the mountain to to gather and assemble. On your right-hand side, that's John Opingo's father in between Eric and myself. Now, when they get together uh, in their services, one of the things that I loved is how communal uh, everyone is, but particularly with the singing. So you would have these little groups of youth throughout the community that would come and attend church, and they would all have a special song along with dance and everything else to contribute. And this was the group from Opingo uh, on the, uh, with the orphans. And I just I love the way that they would sing and harmonize, and the entire church would join and match them as well. No sound system, no PAs, but it resonated in that, in that little metal building, and it was glorious. Loved it. Awesome. So this is all four of us sharing, and it looks like Cass is about to sneeze at any point in time. <laughs> but, uh, but everyone shared a good and encouraging word. But I can say, like every other trip that we go on, we are blessed more than we are a blessing. Now, singing is an everyday part of the the life, I think, just of being in Africa, no matter who it is, where you go. But particularly the children, they don't have, uh, you know, nooks or iPads or anything else. There was one cell phone that they had a like a, a simple game on it, but that was mainly for the adults. But what they did is that they sang. They sang all the time, and it was beautiful music. I just love to see them operate in unison. Now... After the Sunday teaching and getting to know Opingo and Opingo getting to know us, he mentioned in front of the entire congregation on Sunday that he would like all the women in the village uh, to come and join a women's teaching that Cassidy and Valerie would would host. And this was the first that we heard of it when he announced it there. So it was a good a good moment for the ladies to really pull something out of the word, out of their personal lives. But more importantly, and think about yourself being in this position, communicating the truths and principles of God that transcend your culture. How do you look at another woman who the way that she runs her household, that uh, she gets up at four o'clock or five o'clock in the morning and begins cooking by starting a fire? That fire does not go out until 10 o'clock at night when she finishes cooking and she's managing 14 to 15 other orphans in addition to provisions for our household. So the, from what I heard, I'll let them share a little bit about it. They, they did a phenomenal job. The women that came were blessed, and we're still talking about it, how much it blessed them the day that we left. 
Oh, I immediately just thought about in Titus, you know, how the women, you know, teach, you know, the younger women. And it was just, you know, God is a God of order, and it was just so much order there. You know, the older women would teach the younger women, and the younger women were watching the children, and everything was just like clockwork. It was, I uh, I just wanted to encourage them that that's what I saw, and that I knew that the Lord was happy, and I was gleaning off from them, you know. It was like, wow, you know, how do you go in and teach the women who are so godly, you know. I know it was a challenge for myself because it was like, wow, I just sat there and I was like a sponge and I soaked up everything I could from them and it was it was beautiful. I mean, you would just see, you know, Lillian just being a servant, you know, and the other ladies, you know. Like I say, it was like clockwork. It was everything was in order. Amen. It was it was wonderful. Amen. Um it was I don't know if you could say like heaven on earth, but oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, you know pretty close. I just sat there taking in, absorbing everything that I could from these mighty women. It was amazing and just being able to sit next to Cass, I mean, I, I know we live a million miles away from here. Just to be able to sit and absorb from these two wonderful people, I was, I was blessed. I mean, it was, it was awesome. Amen. Amen. Um, I felt <clears throat> the Lord had given me a word to share with them before we went, and um, uh, I wasn't sure when it was going to happen. And um, so I prepared to share it at this meeting, and I had prepared notes and everything. And um, when I actually sat down, very little of what I had was what I felt like the Lord wanted me to share in that moment. And what I ended up sharing with them was how to be a daughter of Sarah. How, um, gosh, I think it's in Colossians. Is it in Colossians where it talks about, um, uh, you're a daughter of Sarah. If you do not, if you do what's right and you do not give way to fear and that scripture just, I mean, that was my scripture for, for the whole trip, um, to do what's right and not to give way to fear. And um, so I talked to them about that, about how we're children of Abraham because we act like Abraham. We have his faith. We're daughters of Sarah because we act like Sarah. We do what's right and we don't give way to fear. And how that looks in my life is very different than how it looks in their life, but it's the same principle. And God's word is true whether you're in Kenya or you're in Sugarland. If you have money, if you don't, if you have a wood burning stove, if you have a gas stove, whatever you have, because there's a lot of comparisons immediately when you get there and they think, well, everything is just wonderful and very comfortable for you because you have. And I, and I tried to encourage them that the Lord, every good and perfect gift comes from the father and that you can't escape frustration because frustration is born out of the, the problem of sin in the world. And that's not going to be fixed until Jesus comes back. But God is good enough to give us what we need no matter where we are. And so what you have is good, and let's be thankful for that. And what I have is good, and let's be thankful for that and not give way to fear of is God, good, is God big enough? Is God good enough? Is what, he give, is what he is giving me good enough? And it is good enough. And so I, I tried to encourage them with that. And I asked them, you know, do you have any fears? What are your fears? And um, Jane, who's in the middle in the picture there, that's Opingo's mom. She goes, she leans back. And I'm not sure she's mm-hmm. paying attention because culturally mm-hmm. they don't look you in the eye when you're talking. To, it's just a little different. And she's leaning back in the chair and I say, you know, do y'all have any fears? What do y'all fear? What do you fear, Catherine? And Jane goes, and I'm like, oh, man, this is going over like a lead balloon. This is not good. I don't know. And she says, I have no fears because I have learned to trust the Lord through struggle. I'm like, exactly my point. Very good. Thank you, Jane. It was good. It was really good. But then later on, she commented and she said, you know, please pray for me. I have many struggles and, um, and I have to trust the Lord daily. 
And I said, well, it's good. It's good to be in that position because when you don't have struggles, you tend not to trust him, you know. So it was, we were mutually encouraged. So a couple pictures. Yeah. They love bubble gum. Awesome. Ah, lawn care in Kenya. CMF, here in Kenya, we cut grass a little bit different. So our lawn care givers in Sugarland, Texas, they ain't got nothing on this blade right here. This is how you do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very nice you are trying. <laughs> so next time you complain about cutting your grass, I just want you to think about the way that Pastor Apingo cuts his. And let joy fill your hearts and the blessings that you have. Thank you. Be blessed. Yeah. That, so the entire field that's, uh, that's behind me, it's okay. The entire field that's behind me is how he cuts that entire lawn by hand. And as you can tell by his comment, he said, it's nice that you're trying. Not necessarily 100% successful, fear. but I'm yeah. trying. Cut with fear. <laughs> fear, I'm going to stab myself in the rear end. So last year, uh, what was started and then finished throughout the year was this building right here. And this is the new uh, housing for all 15 orphans. So what you see in front of you is the front door to the right side is the girls' dorm. To the far left side is the boys. And in the middle is a meeting or, or congregation hall. And uh, what began with a couple of shovels and old school plumb lines and laying bricks has turned into really a very beautiful building. As you can see, they, they've done a great job with dressing it up, taking pride in it, and uh, they, they've, they've managed what we've given them very, very well. Now, Opingo has been learning how to play the guitar. It's another part of the blessing, but he borrowed mine and tried to play in front of the church as well. Do you trust him today? Do you trust him for every need that you have? Because surely if he can feed the sparrows, then surely he can feed us, right? And he can provide the things that we need. Amen. 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 So it's a little clip of Eric preaching. They received him very well. And one of the more important things whenever you travel is that you have, you have to have a good interpreter, not just literally translating every word that's in the same flavor that you're giving it, but to communicate the passion and the spirit. And that guy, uh, Ronald, who's standing next to him, was a huge and immense blessing. And the, Eric did a fantastic job. The people love the word. This is the Holy Spirit. Whenever we act like goats. <laughs> as, as much as a goat may want to, it'll never be a sheep. It has to be born again. <laughs> but when we become sheep, we very easily follow the shepherd. Obedience comes very natural. Before I was born again, I tried to be a sheep, but was still a goat. Pastor Eric and I, 
We're good friends. But we were both goats. <laughs> we smelled very bad in front of God. <laughs> we were very disobedient. And because he is not here right now, I can say he was more disobedient than me. <laughs> we tried to help each other follow Jesus like sheep. I would tell Pastor Eric if you use bad words or if I use bad words I will ask you to do mini push-ups. This was not very effective for two reasons. One, we were still goats. Goats make the same sound no matter who they are. <laughs> but secondly, we were very young. So doing lots of push-ups was not a problem. <laughs> However, that may work better for us today because we are older. <laughs> amen, amen. <laughs> I had no idea they were recording that. So after the service, we had a wonderful opportunity to take a picture of their entire church family. And they're they're beautiful. I mean, we asked them two or three times in this picture to smile, and I, I still, uh, you know, have a very resolute face. But they're sweet, sweet they and, and kind people. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a, a lady that was a family friend or family member of the Pingos family, and her her leg was swelling. We had the opportunity to, to love her, greet her, and lay hands and pray for her as well. Uh, a little bit later on, had, was visited by some uh, friends, and the guy with the cap and the red shirt and coat, his name is Samson. Can, I don't know if you can see from here, but can you see the presence of God and just the joy on that man's face? I looked into his eyes, and again, I met another brother in the kingdom with the same spirit that I have and had a joy, joyous time talking with him. Ah, my favorite part. Hello, brothers and sisters. These are our children. They are under their house and they need to sing one song which praises God. So I hope that you will enjoy this song so much and it will bless you so much. So we have Fanny, our singer. She knows how to sing and it directs our children here and it makes them to sing good voices. So I hope you will enjoy the song. So Vanis, come forward and then you sing.
So one thing that we did is a memory verse for Candy, and these guys did a fantastic job. Children, before they have candy, they have to quote to me a scripture that they have memorized. Me. You? <laughs> Those glasses are awesome. Me. <laughs> I like it. In front of you is Duke. I have a memory verse. My memory verse comes from the book of John. 12 verse 46 it says I have come into the world as light that some who believe it in me should not abide in darkness <laughs> 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 who my name is Diana I have a memory first my memory first comes from the book Matthew 24 verse 35 it says even and that shall pass away but my words shall not pass away my, my name is Rosa. I have a memory first. My memory first comes from the book of John, 15 verse, 13 verse 15. It says, if you, if you, if you love me, my, keep my commandment. Thanks. Yes. My name is Pascala. I have a memory first. My memory first comes from the book Thessalonians 5 verse 17. It says, play without season. Thanks. Play without season. My name is Sandra. I have a memory first. My memory first comes from the book of John 2, 16. It says, For God, for God so loved the world, but he gave his son, God and son, but whoever believes in him should not perish. Thank you. Amen. My name is Paul Cup. I have a memory first. My memory first comes from the book of Psalms 46, verse 1. It says, God is our future. A fair strength, a fair present help in trouble. Amen. Very good. Very well. So you get one. <laughs> you want one? Junior. 
Junior, you danced very well. <laughs> you clapped very well. Mary? Uh, so we had a great time with the kids. They did a wonderful job with their scriptures and good time loving them. Um, apparently death is at our doorstep because I see a bright light in the darkness. Oh, wait, that's Cass's phone. So here we're, we're thinking of you, brother, eating red beans and rice and chapati and drinking chai tea, enjoying great fellowship with our friends and the Bush family. Amen. So we'll eat our heart out and we'll save the Naimachoma for a little bit later on. Wish we could bring you some, brother. Love you. Amen. So uh, when, when we begin to conclude things, one of the things that happened was a couple of the children, a small one in particular, began to come down with fever. And this is the time of the, of the year where uh, malaria begins to break out. And one of the wonderful testimonies that we got to see, Joygen, she was laying here burning up. No one had a thermometer, but what we did have is the power of the Holy Ghost. We laid hands on her. And actually, this is Jane. She's on the phone with the doctor right there and then trying to give her some water. But she was she was pitiful. I mean, it's all the signs that they see the malaria begin to rise. And this is how she was about three hours later. You know, those moments whenever you lay hands and you're you know, Jesus will do it, even though you don't feel anything. But it's special when you do feel something, the power of God releasing it just does its work. That's what happened here. Amen. So, team, why don't y'all give us your thoughts on what changed in you? What changed in me is, uh, aside from the value of my wife, being able to uh, see the orphans and just see the, the daily life of a real man of God that is doing his best to see the kingdom of God expand. And not something that he sought out for himself, but... It's the same spirit, it's the same heart, and then the same uh, active work that we're doing here. It just looks a little different over there, but it's still advancing the same kingdom that we're advancing here. Um, God, so much changed in me. Um, uh, There's a deeper level of trust in the Lord. Um, There's a deeper level of trust in my husband. Um, There is... Uh, this amazing thing that happened with them in little ways, how God knit our hearts together with these people. And they're not just people. They're not just somebody in foreign country that has needs. They're family to me. And um, I'm very concerned about them. You can see in that top picture there, you, you can see Pascalia's crying right there. That was... Um, that's probably the mildest moment. That moment right there is we sat underneath the stars and all of the kids and us were just sobbing because we were being torn from them. You know, we had to go home and um, we just we just wept together. And uh, it just I don't know, it changed my heart for these people and um, my concerns. My head's still spinning from it all. Um, I love my children. Um, but one thing that hit me was that these children's mothers wish that they could love their children. 
you know, wherever they are, they wish if they're, if they're gone on or if they're, they're trapped in another city and the kids got separated from them. These kids were street kids and a pingo brought them home. And, um, wherever the mothers are, they wish they could love their children. They wish they could put them on their lap and hug them and talk to them and comfort them. And in that moment, I'm able, I'm hugging Sandra in that picture. I'm able to be her mama. I'm able to stand in and I'm able to love her with the love of Jesus and the compassion and the love that Jesus has sown in my heart. I'm able to give that to her. And what a privilege it is to be able to do that for mothers that can't do that. I mean, it was just such an amazing honor for me to be there. And I can't wait to go back. I can't, I can't wait to, to touch them again and to, to talk to them and to ask them how their day was and tie their shoe and, you know. Do laundry with them and all that. Where do we start? You know, Justin has been to Africa several times, and Eric has been there. And you would only know what it's like just by hearing them, their testimonies. You know, I've heard them several times saying, yes, I would love to live in Africa. You know, but I can only go by what they say. Now I truly know what it's like and the people are beautiful people are amazing yeah just uh simple things simple way of life um just a deeper trust in the lord just knowing that their love for jesus is so intense and it's it's amazing how intense it is i just found a deeper friendship with these two right here like i say we we only come here on the weekends, you know, but how I would love to just be able to fellowship like this all the time and to just be with people who just intensely love Christ. Um, I would love to live in Africa. It was very hard for me to come back. I mean, my kids here, yes, they're the reasons why I came back, but I could see, you know, you know, I'm not going to say five, ten years or so, I could see living in Africa. It's beautiful. You know, their love for the Lord I mean, we we drove around, and it wasn't a little bumper sticker. It was just a big sign that said, run from sin, on the back of a bus. And it was like, wow, that is so cool. Where in America would you see that? Yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Um, just going back to the basics, going back to you know, treating others the way you would want to be treated, just the deeper respect and just love for the Lord. I just, I loved it. It was very hard um, just sitting in there, like you say, being, you know, the mom to the children who didn't have parents and just knowing that each child had a story. You know, I'll be forever changed, you know, just by being friends with with these families. I just consider them a part of my family now. Amen. And Amen. I know Eric would have loved to have been here, but he just said, you know, thank you very much for, you know, allowing us to go. And it just their love for Christ touched him. It was just immense. Just immense. So God did wonders. He did wonders inside of us. And really, thank you guys for helping and supporting, encouraging and praying for us as we went. Uh, we went to bring them spiritual food. Uh, there's lots of things that we do in a, a monetary or material way. And that building was one of them. And it hit its mark. But this time we brought some spiritual food that impacted their lives that can carry on and will never fade and uh, continue to build the kingdom of God. So thank you guys for sending us.